At the end of each year, we sure do enjoy reveling in Michigan's musical bounty. Seems like there's just more time to listen as we go about our holiday business. Joe Hurtler is the guy whose Spotify list we maybe most enjoy stealing. Based in Washtenaw County and a longtime figure in the East Lansing and regional music scenes, he and his band The Rainbow Seekers tour regularly, and they come into contact with great bands from all over. He's been picking out some seasonal listens to spruce up your playlists. Joe Hurtler, welcome back to Stateside. Hello, April. I've been waiting under the table, just waiting for this conversation. <laughs> You walked in and I was so excited. How's your year been? You're just off the road, right? Yeah, we just we just went on tour with Andy Frasco, a good friend of ours. We were in Texas and Louisiana. It was like three weeks. Just got home the other day to a whole swarm of things that needed taken care of. And mm. nonetheless, it feels great to be back home. Good to have you. Thank you. Um, and we, we always appreciate peeking on your playlist. Thank you for doing it. I think the first band that you brought for us, this is the only band that you uh, that you brought that I actually was not aware of. Anthalo, who are they? So Anathalo are legendary. They formed actually at Central Michigan University, probably around the year 2000. They were enormously talented, and they had a good run, probably. I think they went on hiatus in 2009. They released two records two full-length records during that time. The music is very tied into like Japanese literature. It's flowing, it's dynamic. There's this whole orchestral side to it. And it completely just exposed me to this whole other world of art. And as a young kid who wasn't, I wasn't writing songs or anything at the time, I just became obsessed. Like I couldn't believe that there was this kind of stuff being made in the place that I was from. And I shouldn't just say they're a local band. They toured nationally. They're had a whole sold-out tour in Japan, um, and they went on to do great things. Even after the band um, had had run its course, I think Andrew Dost found it fun. Matt Joint is still writing music for Apple, uh, and Dan Bracken, he's a really well-regarded artist, and there was just a, a lot of talent, and what they were doing artistically was exceptionally musical, and it kind of more so than any other band got me started on just being a fan of music. Okay, let's listen to a track. This is off of Canopy Glow, a song called The River. Let's move it on to Frontier Ruckus. This is Matthew Milia's outfit, uh, a band that I have certainly come to love. I mean, Joe, they're definitely in the Americana universe, but Matthew is just such a wordy, rapping hood kind of guy. He is. He is. Their new single, which I really, really like, um, it's called On the North Line. Syrup and saccharin don't really factor in when I'm with Catherine. Matt's songwriting is just something else. I think there's this almost dreamlike quality to, to his lyricism. It's very wordy. It's And it, you just don't often see music that the focus is is the lyrics in, in this type of sense. And like I said, it's it's got this dreamlike quality where kind of like the edges and colors blur, but there's still a lot of that feeling there. That emotion is very visceral. And... When I was listening to them a lot, I just felt very connected to these places and the people he was writing about. And you make them your own. And 
He's been very consistent in his styling. So watch for them also on tour this summer since they've got that since they've got that new single on the North Line and the new record coming out this year. Now, you included a track from Ann Arbor's own funk lords, Wolfpack. Yes. I'm always excited to see Wolfpack, but when you said you wanted to talk about them, I assumed that you were going to bring something from that record that they pushed out just at the end of last year, <laughs> which I love for many reasons, but also because it, was, it is named after Schwitz, yeah, the, the yeah. great sauna and spa tradition that many Midwesterners know about. There is still a Schwitz in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But you actually you actually brought Christmas in L.A. to talk about. Why this one? Pretty much because Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> Let's be real. I, I uh, It's just a perfect song. Actually, what made me... Uh, want to pick it is we were in texas the other day and i was in a coffee shop and i heard a cover of it like all right got a wolfpack cover of or a cover of of christmas in la melodically it's just a wonderful song theo's vocals are at an all-time high and it was this record was really put out at what i kind of see is their like their creative peak where they're just putting out so much good music consistently and wolfpack was still like that was the main project before everyone started exploding off of their own with their own projects and it's just a perfect song and it's one that people are going to be singing for the next 80 years and what an incredible piece of art to have put out there into the world let's hear it this is christmas in la I have never actually spent Christmas in Los Angeles, but I have to say that is exactly what I think it would sound like. Right? I guess also the story that you told us about hearing this in Texas, boy, that's the reward, isn't it? If you write a song that has anything at all to do with Christmas, it's going to get covered and it's going to get played right? sometime between late December and the end of the year. I thought I was hearing it from a distance. I was so confused because it, like, <laughs> it didn't sound like the original. And I'm like, they're singing the Christmas in L.A. lyrics and it's like completely redone. I don't know who did it. Wow. It really wasn't the best cover in the world, but I was still so <laughs> impressed. Joe Hurtler. You can catch him with his band, The Rainbow Seekers, in Lansing on December 31st. Don't know if you've already got your plans nailed down for New Year's, but that sounds like quite the ticket. Joe, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back remembering the life and music of Amp Fiddler after a moment. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu.
Detroit music creator, mentor, and legend Amp Fiddler died from cancer last weekend. He was 65. Born Joseph Anthony Fiddler, Amp was known for his funk roots as an apprentice and peer of George Clinton. He also mentored and helped launch the career of hip-hop producer Jay Dilla and had a hand in so many corners of Detroit's music scenes. Sam Bobian of the band Will Sessions, also a contributor to WDET, was a longtime friend. What was Amp's musical focus like when you started playing with him, you know, going back more than almost two decades now? Like, what kind of music would you say really mattered to him? Man, so much. You know, Amp was the first person that I met whose whole life revolved and included music. He walked and breathed music. For me, like, you know, I went to school for music. I had a job that was music-related. Um, music was something that I loved to do. Um, but, you know, I had my life and I had my different things that were, it was kind of, I don't want to say they were separate, but it was more separate than it was for him. When you go to Amp's house and you walk into his living room, you know, you walk in his front door in Conan Gardens and you're in his living room and he'll always have like probably the newest piece of gear that he just bought. And it's on his couch, plugged in, just kind of like just sitting around. And then the next part you get into is in his kitchen. And on his countertop, you'd have a drum machine, a microphone, another keyboard. And then you, that was just before you even get to a studio, which was in the basement. You've had to walk through like almost like two different musical setups. He was, no matter where he was in his house, he was making music. Our, our first collaboration was kind of like more of a jazz thing. We were um, playing kind of like a tribute to like the pioneers of fusion, like Herbie Hancock and Miles Davis. And I needed someone that could really play that sound. And that's something Amp can also do really well. He's a great singer. He's a great producer and beat maker, but he's an incredible piano player um, and like a very uh, soulful and authentic piano player. And so he can hit that like, Herbie Hancock sound that he wanted at that time. But his whole life, man, it was really hard to pin down one thing. He was, he was always doing it. Can you say a little bit more about what he was like in studio? He moved really quick. That was one thing. One of my first lessons that I felt like I learned from him was uh, at the time, I was much more of a perfectionist. I would spend a lot of time perfecting a sound or taking doing having someone do a lot of different takes so I felt like it was exactly the way it was I needed it to be he moved so fast in the studio the very first song that we recorded uh with him singing on it I played I didn't send him the song in advance he was over at my house we were just hanging out and uh I was like I'm gonna play him this track that I just thought he might like and he he's like oh we should record this and he we I put up the mic and he did what's on our album it's a song called seven mile he did it that's his very first take that's like how it came out naturally and the same thing when he always made tracks he would move so fast um it was just kind of like pouring out of him quickly it was very natural for him Legacy and mentorship is a big part of Detroit that I feel like I hope it continues. It's getting harder these days 
um, for those things to exist. And Amp was kind of like one of the last people like that. And he was a huge mentor to so many people. He didn't just mentor a couple people. I mean, if you were around Amp, I mean, you, he was your mentor. That's just how it worked. That's going to be, to me, the, the biggest loss for the music community is is that part of it because i feel like that's a really important part of detroit's musical legacy and people like that you know just don't exist anymore yeah he's gonna be missed big time our show is produced by mike blank ronia cabinsog mercedes mejia and april van buren with additional help from olivia meradian and lauren neon our executive producer and the host of ride of passage is laura weber davis stateside is a production of michigan radio a broadcast service of the university of michigan Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.